Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We have another 210 story, and uh, it's one of First Service's own, one of our wonderful, uh, incredible uh, volunteers here in First Service. It's Tom and Rhonda Banyas, and they're going to come forth and share their story. So let's let them know how excited we are that they're coming forth. This morning, how's everybody doing today? We are uh, we are so excited for the 210 initiative, and we just wanted to share a little bit about uh, why we are so excited and why it means so much to us. Uh, when we first started coming here some years ago now, we were what you would call the occasional giver. Uh, when the bucket came by, if I had something in my pocket or whatever I had, that's what I would put in. Uh, then we eventually became the intentional giver. We would make up for the weeks that we weren't here, but we still weren't tithing. Um, then uh, Pastor Joe did a series uh, called the Tithing Challenge. And once we heard the first message about the tithing challenge on the way home, we started talking about it. As it turns out, we were both thinking about tithing, but we weren't talking to each other about it. So that message allowed us to bring that out and to discuss that openly. So we decided that we were going to go ahead and take a step of faith and we were going to, we were going to tithe. The first month that we tithed, uh, we made it to the end of the month. Uh, we only had a couple dollars left over, so it was really, really tight, and, uh, and we were scared. But we decided we were going to stay in faith and we were going to continue with it uh, because that's what, that's what the Bible tells us to do. The next month, we got to the end of the month, we had a little bit more money left over. Nothing had changed. Jobs were the same. Bills were the same. But there was more money there. The third month, there was even more. So we decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stay with it. Four or five months into it, we, uh, my son was getting married in Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach. And we'd saved up some money to help with the wedding uh, and we're on our way down there. I think it was a Saturday morning or a Friday morning. And uh, we got a phone call from Joe Jr. And uh, he said, hey, I just wanted to see how things are going. I know you guys took the tithing challenge. Yo, is everything working out for you? He says, I know it's not like somebody just dropped $1,000 in your lap. And uh, my wife and I both started laughing. And he's like, what's so funny? And it's like the day before I left work to go down to the wedding, my boss called me into her office and she handed me an envelope. And that envelope was a check for $1,000 to help with the expenses for the wedding. Uh, and from that, from that moment on, uh, things have done nothing but improve. In the last four and a half years, I've had uh, two job offers, uh, both jobs that I've taken that uh, had come to me. I wasn't looking for them. They just come up out of the blue. And now my salary is more than double what it was four and a half years ago. My wife has just recently been offered promotion where she works. And God has blessed not only the area of finances in our lives, but every aspect of our lives, our marriage, our family, our recreation. Uh, there's just, there's, there's not words that I can, I can say that can tell you how excited and how thankful we are. And it all started with our tithing. And that's the main reason that we're behind this 210 initiative. I encourage anybody that's on a fence about taking that first step toward tithing, do it. Take that first step. You know, take a take a leap in faith. If you were faithful and you stick with it, even though it looks rough, especially at first, because it may, it did with us. If you stay with it, I promise you that God will will listen to you. He will fulfill you, and He will take care of your needs. 
And with this 210 initiative, it's all about uh, being able to bring more people into the church and anything that can bring more people to Christ and let them allow, allow them to receive the blessings that we have received, I'm absolutely 100% for. And I would encourage each and every one in here to, to take that step and step out and, and let's bring more people to Christ and let's give these blessings, let's share these blessings with everybody. Thank you. The 210 initiative is all about the 210,000 people that surround our campus. They're within what we call driving distance of Believer's Church. And it's about us reaching those 210,000 people at a higher level. It's about 210,000 eternities. It's about 210,000 lives. And I love what Philippians 2.10, that sec section of scripture declares that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's the heart of God. It has to happen on this side of eternity. If it happens over here, they don't get to go to heaven. So we want it to happen over here. And as a church, we, we exist to see a city connected with God. That's why we exist. And 210's about us taking that to another level. And if you haven't been with us, we have what we call the 210 booklet. It's 18 pages. It's in either lobby at the 210 centers. You can take one. All the info's inside there. But it's about us reaching more people for Christ. It's about us planning a campus, our first campus, and we're really, really excited about that. It's about us renovating the south and east side of our building so that our students and our children will have uh, renewed facilities, we'll be able to reach families with children. It's about us reaching the poor at a higher level. It's about us reaching and going forth at a higher level in every area of our church. So what we're asking you to do, the people that call this place home, is just take a step up in your generosity, and we've been talking about that. Today's what I call, it's a very holy moment in our lives. It's a moment where uh, we can interact with God, and we can say to God, hey, this is the part I'm going to play. This is what I'm going to do in this 210 initiative, and many of you have been praying about it. Some of you may have not been here for a couple weeks, so you, you didn't realize today was coming, and you can still participate. If you're visiting What's, you're, what you're going to see today is you're, gonna, you're going to discover that, wow, this church exists for me. It exists to see a city connected with God, and that's really what we're all about. And I have a message today because uh, we're, going to, we're going to bring a pledge to the Lord. We're going to say, Lord, uh, here's what I've been giving. This is what I'm going to add to, uh, for the 210 initiative. It's a really precious time, and I wanted to give you something that would bless your life, something that would change your life, that would open up your faith in this particular area. And I want to bring out this particular truth today. It's an incredible truth, and it goes like this. A planted seed is a future harvest. A planted seed is a future harvest. This is an incredible con uh, con uh, concept. And a planted seed can be something we give. It can be our actions. But you can be guaranteed that whatever we do, and we'll see that today in the scriptures, it produces a future harvest. Now, I remember growing up, my dad had a garden in the backyard, and he made us help him, but, you know, we lived on a quarter-acre lot, and it was just a little piece of the backyard, so it wasn't terrible. But one year, a friend of his said, you can use an acre of my land, and you can farm it. And, uh, of course, my dad had laborers. It was us kids, and I was in junior high, and he, he, he got my brothers and I, and he took us over to this acre of land, and I had never knew what an acre of land looked like. I didn't know how big it was, 
and it was big. So we, we had to till the ground before we could plant it, and we had this little rototiller, but he gave all of us shovels, and we had to shovel and till that ground and turn the soil over, and it was hot, and it was miserable work, and we just worked day after day after day, and I remember when it was all ready, then more work took place. We had to plant it. We had to plant the seed. And he wanted all kinds of different crops, so we're planting seeds in different places. And that was a lot of work. And then he wanted a fence around it to stop the rabbits and the deers. And so we had to put this wire fence up and pound pegs in the ground. And he worked us like crazy. And I, I couldn't figure out why you would do this kind of work when you could go to the store and just buy it. And so it just wasn't making sense at that time. But here's what I loved about it. My dad would go there at night, and, and I remember I would just jump on my bike. It was about two miles from our house, and I would ride my bike there. And uh, I remember when I went and I saw the sprouts coming out of the ground, and you see all that green mixed with the dirt. It was amazing. But then I saw the plants come up, and now all of a sudden you see all kinds of different plants everywhere. You see your cucumber plants, your tomato plants, your corn stalks, and they're just all coming up all over that acre of ground. And then I remember when the fruit came on and you see all these green tomatoes and these little tiny cucumbers. And I just remember seeing all the fruit and then we came to harvest. Harvest was amazing. It was work, but man, was it amazing. Uh, we had so many tomato, cucumber with oil, uh, salads with hard white crusted Italian bread. And those, those were good salads. And uh, <laughs> my mom canned, she froze, and we had this incredible bounty of vegetables that we just enjoyed. And when they come out of the ground, they're amazing compared to even what you can buy. It's amazing. And at that point, I realized this was a lot of work. This was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but the harvest was worth it. And that's what is going to happen in all of our lives with the 210. Uh, we're sacrificing. We're saying to God, all right, God, I'll come up a level in my generosity. But here's what's going to happen in the future. Some of it you'll see, some of it you won't see until heaven. But you're going to have friends and loved ones that you're going to hear they accepted Christ in one of our campuses. This was too far for them to drive, but you're going to have friends and relatives they are going to accept Christ at one of the campuses. You're, you're going to have family members that are impacted here through the student and children's ministry as we take it to another level with the new facility. You're going to hear about more people you know, more people you love accepting Christ through TV. You're going to just hear all these testimonies that will take place. But you're also going to have other things take place because a planted seed is a future harvest. And when we plant a seed in the ground, it releases God to also bless our finances. And we'll find that out. But here's something that's absolutely incredible. Jesus said when we give to the poor and when we give to his work, we lay treasures up in heaven. And, and that's amazing. We all get to go to heaven if we accept Jesus. And I'm excited about that. We can't work our way to heaven. We all inherit certain things in heaven. But treasure comes to us in heaven. I, I don't know what treasure is exactly. It seems like things on this earth mirror things in heaven. So uh, God kind of created this earth to mirror heaven in so many ways. And it seems to me that there's going to be these treasures that are similar to money here that's going to be in heaven. But whatever it is, whatever it is, you only get it when you give down here. So you know how we say we can't take it with us? We can't, but we can send it ahead of us. And here's what's going to happen in heaven. You know how the Bible talks about the first will be last and the last down here shall be first? There's going to be a reversal in heaven that will, uh, will surprise some people. 
But if you take somebody down here that's really wealthy, uh, they might give, you know, $5,000 to the church or 10000 but that might be a quarter percent of what they make. It might be really small, and that might be what they give. And down here, they're really wealthy, and they have all kinds of abundance. You might have, you might have someone on a fixed income down here or a single mom that's giving 10% or 12% of their income. Do you know that God always judges things by percentage? And we know it from the, the widow with her might. And Jesus let us know she gave more than all the wealthy people. He looks at everything in percentages. So everything's going to turn around in heaven. You're going to have people down here that didn't seem to have much, but because they gave what they had percentage-wise, they're going to be the wealthy people for all of eternity. You're going to have wealthy people down here that hardly gave to God, and percentage-wise, they hardly gave at all, and they're going to be they're going to be the people without the treasure in heaven. It's, it's going to be a reversal. And so there's also what I call heavenly treasures. And it's incredible to think about sending that ahead of us. But then God blesses us down here. So a planted seed is a future harvest. You know, after the flood, God made some promises to Noah. Here's one of the promises he made. Listen to Genesis chapter 8. It reads like this, verse 22. As long as the earth remains... There will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. This is a promise from God. Some, some translations say seed time and harvest, uh, planting and reaping, but it's all the same thing. It's planting a seed and having a harvest come from it. A planted seed is a future harvest. And I like what the scripture says, uh, and I think all of us can agree, especially the last week that we lived, uh, can we all agree that uh, there is cold and there is heat? And uh, uh, aren't you glad it's heating up? We're going to get into 50 today. That's wonderful. There's summer and there's winter, and winter came a little early, but we're glad it's going to go up into the 50s again. And then there's day and night. We just came out of night. We're in day. It will turn back to night. God's making another promise. He said there will always be seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. It's always going to be there. So you and I know that. And we understand at face value, he's talking about a tomato seed being planted in the ground and producing tomatoes. We know that. But Jesus came and he taught us. And he said, the same principle that works in the ground, it works in my kingdom. And that's an amazing truth that he taught us, guys. And listen to Mark 4, verses 26 through 29. It reads like this. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. So notice he's talking about seed time and harvest. Though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stock, then the head, then the full kernel of the head, in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Jesus is laying out a beautiful principle here. It works at all kinds of levels in the kingdom of God. And I like the fact he says we don't know exactly how it works. Science helps us understand natural sowing and weeping, reaping a little bit better, but we still don't know where does that spark of life come from? Why is there a spark of life in a seed? Well, we know by faith that it's because God created and did those things, but science can't find it. Where's it at? And we know where it's at. It's God. And we know this. Jesus said it too. 
We know that some seed produces 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Jesus said there's variations in harvest. A seed planted is a future harvest, but harvest, is, it will variate. And we know in the natural, why is that? I remember when my dad made us plant that garden, we had to fertilize it, you know, uh, we had to water it, we had to make sure, you know, it was weeded, and the sun had to shine on it. And according to all those things, it determined the level of harvest. It was all determined by how much harvest would come. And in the spirit realm, or in the kingdom of God, uh, we can water by what we say, what we believe. We can su- uh, shine the sun, sun on it. Uh, we, we, can, we can just speak life over it. And that will depend, but I can guarantee you this. Whatever you plant grows. It always grows. The level is going to be determined. But Jesus said, that's how the kingdom of God works. So doesn't it work that way when we come into the kingdom? Someone shared Christ with us. It was a seed in our heart. We believed it. And someday in the future, isn't it true? There'll be, there'll be harvest of souls. And if you accepted Christ, you get to go into heaven's barn. And if you didn't, you go into the other barn. I don't even want to mention that barn, but you go into that barn. And, uh, and, and it works there. But isn't it true as you sit in church and you hear a message on any subject whatsoever, that's a seed planted in your heart, and if you receive it uh, and you begin to practice it, that grows, and doesn't that produce a harvest in your life? Jesus taught us that harvest is seed time, and it's, it's harvest in his kingdom of God. So it's amazing how Jesus talked about this over and over. In one place where he talked about it, it it's life-changing when you understand it. When you understand your actions are also seeds. So I want you to go with me to Luke 6, 37 and 38, and it reads like this. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, I'm, I'm glad he did two, positive, two negatives, but now he's going to a positive. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, he dealt with two negatives, two positives. Now he's going to talk about the principle that works for all four of them. He says this, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured in your lap. That's harvest. He says, for with the measure you use, that's the amount of seed you plant, it will be measured to you. And I think it's absolutely amazing when we look at this. So Jesus says, Joe, if you judged people, judgment will come on you. And it's not God bringing it on me. It's a seed I sow that causes people to judge me. If I judge, then people rise up and judge me. And uh, all of us, if we live on the earth, we'll have people judge us. But when you see tons of people beginning to judge you and you see a lot coming at you, uh, you probably planted a seed that you, you need to pull out. He says, condemn and you'll be con- condemned. He says, forgive and you'll be forgiven, which means if we don't forgive, people won't show us mercy. But if I show people mercy and forgive, then I'll have forgiveness come my way. So uh, it's growing down here when we sow seeds. And, and there's a story that happened in my life. And if you've been here for probably 15 years or so, you heard the story. If you haven't been here for 15 years or so, you haven't heard this story. I, I ended up doing an entire message because of this event in my life. So I'll, I'll relay the story to you. And for those of you that have heard it, you, you'll hear other things today, uh, other principles that God will make real. But back in the late 80s, I had this guest minister come in, and he didn't come in as our guest. I allowed him to use our church, and it was his meetings in our church. We were on the other side over there, and uh, I never heard him speak. 
I had pastor friends that told me, you need to have this guy, and he's really good. So I, I thought, I'll have him in. And he taught along the line of giving. He taught along the line of sowing seed and, and that type of thing. And he came in. The first night was Wednesday. He said, I'm not even receiving an offering tonight. He did a, he did a good teaching. Then Thursday, he said some things I, I would say differently. And he said, no offering tonight. Then Friday night, the last night, the way he pulled scriptures and the way he taught them, there, there was... It was, I don't know how to explain it except I gave more money than I had. Uh, personally, the church, I gave, a bigger I gave a big check from the church I shouldn't have given, but it was just like he got me. And, and then uh, Saturday, I began to receive phone calls from members of the church saying, I had $3,000 set aside and, and, and I wrote it, it was for this and now I don't have it. And, and I had one call after another, people saying, I, I don't know why I did it. And they're like, ah, I don't know what happened. So, uh, I, I, you know, I talked to the guy, and I didn't bring it up when I first talked to him, and he had this humongous offering come in. It, it was seven times larger than any offering we had that a guest minister took for that size crowd. And, uh, and I also felt he twisted some scriptures. So Saturday morning, I'm just praying my heart out. I had a couple mentors in my life. Neither one was available. And, and so I'm saying, God, what should I do this weekend? What should I say Saturday night and Sunday to the people? And I'm a black or white person. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've gotten better, but I, I just absolutely struggle in a gr like living in a gray area. I'm, I'm just black or white, all or nothing. And back then it was even more elevated. And so I just thought, well, I've, I've got to help my people. I'm the pastor. They're my sheep. I've got to help these sheep. So I get up Saturday and Sunday, and uh, I, I just go through scriptures and say why I disagreed with this gentleman. And then I said, I, I just feel like he manipulated us and he, you know, he was teaching us if we give money, God will answer prayers and things like that. And, and, and I, so I said, Monday, I'm going to cancel my check and the church check. And I'm very ashamed that I did that. And I share things and tell on myself to help people. Very ashamed that I did that. But then a bunch of people in the church did the same thing. And uh, so this guy called me on Wednesday saying, I, all my checks bounced, you know, and he says, I've never had that happen, and uh, he was upset, and he was hurt, and I told him why I did it, tried to be as nice as I could, and, and, and it ended, but, but here's what happened. The next three years, and I didn't realize why. It took me three years. I'm slow. It took me three years to figure this out. The next three years, my personal finances and the church finances dried up. They absolutely dried up, and it wasn't because I didn't give to him. It's what I did after I gave to him. It's how I did it. And everything just dried up. And after a year, I'm just, I'm wondering what's going on. I'm giving the same. Um, the church is being generous like it's always been generous, helping the poor, doing all that we do, helping missionaries. And then another year went. And it wasn't like I lost income. But if you've ever, it, for all of you, there's many of you in here, when you have God's hand of grace on you, you just know it. I mean, he protects you. He brings extra blessings. And he, he just does these miraculous things. And, and none of that was happening. So after two years, I'm in the third year, I just began to pray. And I said, God, I fasted and prayed. I took many days, and I just fasted, and I prayed. And I said, God, something's wrong. What am I doing wrong? And during that fasting and prayer, it was amazing. God showed me. It's not like I'm having a conversation with him, hearing him through these ears, but all of a sudden, I saw what I did to that man, and God spoke to me by the Spirit in my heart, and he said, you were right, but you were wrong. 
And I did a message called, When You're Right But Wrong. It really helped the people at the church. But here's what I did. I said, all right, Lord. I argued with him and, and a little bit, just debated. And he said, well, you're right on Scripture, but you're wrong on how you reacted. Your reaction, and you're reaping your reaction. What you sowed is coming into your life. And, and so I took the amount of, I found out what I wrote. I had to go back into checkbooks. I found out what I wrote to him, and I added interest to it. Whatever the interest was over those three years, if you put it in the bank, I added the interest. I, I wrote the two checks. I sent them a letter and said, I want to apologize for what I did to you, and I ask your forgiveness. And, um, and I just asked him to forgive me. I said, here's the checks with interest. And, of course, he called me, and he was crying and uh, sent me a fruit basket and all that. But I, I got up the next weekend, and I preached a message in the church that I titled, When You're Right But Wrong, and I shared with the people what I did and talked about harvest and but here's the most amazing part. After that, my life, I mean, the, our personal finances broke loose, the church finances broke loose, and I discovered something that changed my life. I discovered a planted seed is a future harvest. And I discovered when I wronged that man in the area of finances, it gave me a harvest in my finances I did not enjoy. And I've walked in the positive a million times too. But I share the story just to help you. That's why Jesus said, if you condemn, if you judge, that will happen. This isn't a complete list, but he's just letting us know. How about, how about this one? If you forgive, you will be forgiven. How fun is it to forgive people and know if we forgive people, that's going to release people to show us mercy. And I, I want to just have, how about you? I want to have a bunch of people show me mercy. And, and, uh, and how, about, how about number four? If you give, it shall be given back to you. And that's a promise. That's a planted seed is a future harvest. This is really simple, what I'm about to show you. But think about a little tomato seed. We all see them when we eat tomatoes. Think about a little tomato seed planted in the ground. And take a look. This is what one little seed does. And I think that's, I think that's absolutely amazing when you see that. And you see all of those, every single one of those tomatoes. And uh, you think about the harvest that's produced from one seed. And the Bible teaches us when we give, more is always given back. You know, and you heard Tom and Rhonda, they, did, they just did an incredible job sharing last night and today. And I love to hear stories like that. I love stories. I, I wish I could find an internet site that had all Christian stories, stories about Christians who did what God said and what happened. I love to hear stories. I share stories for that reason. And I think about people that, you know, one time in their life, they just took the step up from uh, an occasional giver and they became intentional. They became tithers. And I just think of what God did in their lives. And I love to hear that over and over again from people. Jesus said it this way in Galatians 6, 7. He said, don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. And that's one subject. But then he shares a principle. Here's the principle. This is what I'm interested in. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. Now, again, I want to emphasize. You ready for this? I want to emphasize. Thank God we can pull a bad seed out of the ground. I love that I can say, Lord, shouldn't have planted that. I'm going to pull that plant out by the roots. And I did that with the story I shared with you. I, I'm glad we can do that. Thank God for that. But also thank God that I can make a conscious decision. I'm going to plant a good seed. I'm going to plant many good seeds. 
and I'm going to allow that harvest to come, and I'm going to get to walk in those harvest fields, and I love walking in the harvest fields of positive seed that's sown. And uh, when, when it comes to seed, it always produces more. And God's just saying, hey, in my kingdom, that's exactly how it works. So I want to share another scripture with you. Uh, this scripture is so cool. This is out of Proverbs. This was wit- written by the wisest man that ever walked the planet, uh, Solomon. And here's what he said, Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. He said this, it is possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. And the word rich just means to be blessed or or have an abundance. It doesn't mean you'll be a millionaire. But I just want you to take a look at this. He says it's possible to give away and grow more blessed. Then he says it's possible to hold on to something and come to nothing. And he's talking about what? A planted seed is a future harvest. And if we hold on too tight, we're we're not going to get a better harvest. But if we release, we have a better harvest. And I love what verse 25 says, the liberal man is always going to be blessed. You cannot stop a liberal man from being blessed. And I could have people stand up like popcorn in here, pop, 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 and talk about how God's blessed them. We have so many 210 stories in the church. Then I love this last phrase, by watering others, he waters himself. And it's amazing to watch what God does as people just become seed sowers. And so with that being said, we're going to have this holy moment in just a, in just a moment. And we're going to have an opportunity to say, God, here's what I'm going to do for the 210 initiative. This is what I'm going to do, God. This is my place. And every one of us will be different. Some of you might be here and you haven't been here for a while, so uh, you know this may be something you're going to have to say, let me think about that and let me get back next week with you. But for most of us, we've been here through the series. We're ready today. And this is a very, very precious moment. So just to give you some numbers, here's, here's our goals, guys. The goals are, are, are real simple. Uh, the 210 initiative is going to be uh, a project that is two years long. It's an initiative for two years. It begins this coming January, 2015. It ends in December of 2016. Now, do you see the two-year ministry operations? That's what we expect to come in over two years in the general fund. Uh, that's what we're expecting to come in, whether we do this or not. And then the ministry expansion, that's all the things we're going to do. They're all listed in the booklet, so if you don't have that, you can look at all the details. What we need to raise above our regular giving is $1,750,000. That's what we need to raise in order to uh, do everything that God's given us for 210 Vision. So the total is $6 million, which is $3 million per year. And so you can see what we're trying to raise is $1,750,000 or 875000 a year. So what, here's what I've asked, and I've asked you to pray about it. And again, if you're a visitor, this is just, you're here today to see, hey, this is what these guys, they believe so much in reaching people that don't own a church here. They're, they're going to give to reach people. So what we're asking people to do is, if you've never given at all, uh, become a first-time giver and just begin to give. And, I, and, and if you're going to become a first-time giver, I'm going to tell you, you'll hear me shout the loudest when I talk about how the number of first-time givers. The, the amount means nothing. It's how many people take a step because that's growth and discipleship. 
That's what I'm going to be really excited about. And then you have occasional givers, and that's someone that just gives occasionally. If they're in church, they give. If they're not in church, they don't give. And uh, they, you know, just whatever they have in their wallet, they give. And then you have intentional givers. So here, here's what I would ask. First time in occasional givers, prayerfully say to God, hey, I'm going to take a step up and become an intentional giver. An intentional giver means you say, God, I'm going to give this percentage. This is the percentage. And the example I've been giving is, hey, God, I'm going to give 5%. I'm not ready to give 10 and be a tither. I'm going to give 5% of my income to you, Lord God. And Lord, uh, you know, I make 50000 I'm going to give 2500 about 50 bucks a week. That's what I'm going to give. And whether I come or not, that's what's going to happen in the year I'm going to give that. And I've noticed when we become intentional with our giving, God becomes intentional with our blessing. It's amazing what God begins to do in our lives. And that's where you get these stories that are absolutely they're mind-blowing stories. Every time I hear a story, I am blown away by stories that I hear. And then for all the intentional givers, you've been giving intentionally, thank you so much. Um, I'm encouraging you to take the step up to becoming a tither and just say, Lord, I'm going to give a tenth of my income to you. And God says, I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll protect you. He says, I'll, I'll, bless, I'll bless you in every way that you can imagine. And then for all of our tithers, take a step up and become extravagant givers. An extravagant giver is someone that gives above the tithe. Gene and I have been extravagant givers our entire married life. And so we're already extravagant givers, so we went up a notch in our extravagance and said, this is what we'll give above that for two years to the 210 initiative. And it was really fun. I mean, we really enjoyed making that decision and bringing, bringing that to the Lord. So what we did is we, we asked... Uh, our leaders and some of the leaders in generosity, we asked them to come and, and, and make an advanced pledge, give ahead of everybody else. And the reason we did this was, uh, comes out of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. In 1 Chronicles 29, it's a beautiful text if you want to read it this week. Um, David is doing a 210 initiative to build Solomon's uh, temple. Solomon's going to build a temple for God. It's going to be this incredible, incredible work. And David's not allowed to build it. God said, you're a man of war. I'm going to have your son build it. Uh, your hands are bloodied. But David said, can I raise the money? God said, yes. So here's what David did. David gave his money first. He led the way. He even shared what he gave. And, and then he had the leaders give. And then they took what they gave and they inspired the rest of the people and said, this is what we did. And the people were inspired by it. So I thought, why not be biblical? I've done that every time we've done a campaign like this. And, and let's get our leaders and our leaders in generosity. Let's get some of them together. Let's make an advanced pledge. And that's, that's what we did. We, we made our advanced pledge. And I'm going to show you a video in just a moment, let you hear what uh, some of those people said after they made the pledge. Uh, we just interviewed some of them. I'll let you hear some of the interviews. They're really powerful. Then I'll share the number with you. Now, before I do that, when you walked in, everybody had a pledge card uh, on your seat. And I, just, I want you to just take a, just a look at the pledge card, the front side where the boxes are and everything, and just pick it up and take a look at it. And you'll see the first box on the top left. It says what I normally give in a year. And so, you know, we asked you, hey, whatever you gave, just put that in. That's what you gave this year or what, you know, what you plan on giving this year. And then uh, your current annual giving, the second line to missions or BCTV. For those of you that give monthly, thank you to missions, BCTV. You just write that amount in. And then number three line is my expanded annual generosity. And that's just simply 
That's what I'm going, that's the step, that's my step. I'm taking a step up on the ladder for the next two years for the 210 initiative. And you write that in there. I had a guy ask me last week, he said, I've only been here seven weeks. I kind of came right before you started 210. He says, what do I write in the first two boxes? I said, well, you can't really write anything. Uh, he said, so I just write what I'm gonna do above it. And I said, yeah, just write the third box. So some of you, if you're not giving, you'll just fill in the third box and that will become what you do uh, over the next two years. And then you just, uh, you add that together. And then times two, you go over to the big box to the right, and that first line is what you'll give to the 210 initiative. Now, some of you have resources. You have, you have stocks, you have savings. Some of you are in that position, and God might lead you to give out of that on top of you know, what you give uh, already to 210, and you just write that in the box, and then you come up with your total here on the bottom, and you just write your total, and you say, Lord, this is what I'm gonna give. It will be a two-year total, so then you divide it in half per year. That's gonna be your total for the 210 initiative. And then you write your name on there. So uh, I, I wanna say a couple things to you. I may reiterate this in a second after the videos, but there may be some of you that are here today. Um, this might be the first 210 you walked in. This is your church, but you haven't been here for a little while. So this is your first 210. And you might say, I need to go home and look at my, my money. Here's what I wanna encourage you to do, because we're gonna bring these up and we're gonna give them to the Lord. We have these nice little boxes. We'll just put them in. It's gonna be a holy moment. I want to encourage you to write your name on a card if you say this is my first week in here and then just write a little note anywhere you want on a card. I'll hand this in next week. I, I, haven't, I haven't come up with my number yet, but I want you to experience the holy moment of walking it up. Just saying, Lord, I'm going to walk it up. And remember, guys, it doesn't matter what amount it comes up to. What matters is the step you take before God. And that's what God's going to enable you to grow in your discipleship in this area and God's, God does what he does. A planted seed is always a future harvest, and that's just an absolutely remarkable thing. So begin to just, if you haven't filled it out, you can fill it out, well, uh, you know, in, in the next couple minutes before we walk up. But I, I want you to hear these, these testimonies. Let's go ahead and watch these. Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm extremely excited uh, about what's happening. I'm looking forward to seeing God take us to the next level. Um, I think it's, we're just going to make such a difference in our neighborhood and in, uh, in in cities as we grow and expand that uh, it's, it's just going to be life-changing for everybody that gets involved. I was being honored by God to be able to drop that money. Money is so, you know, little, but we put a big value on it. But it does take a lot of money to make building projects and bring people into the family and that's what our goal is it, like pastor just said tonight it's not about us anymore it's not about our new cars it's not about our new homes it's about the people walking the street without jesus that's what it's about for me uh, we pray we always pray about what to get what to do we, we pray together but she came up with one figure and i came up with another figure and it was like a gulf of difference between the two of us. And I'm like, what? God, are you really saying that? But I realized he was saying it. And when I put it together, I realized this is what God wants. Well, God's always come through 110%. Anytime we've ever stepped out in faith, I remember one time I was part of a building program and I stepped out in faith and a month later I lost 60% uh, of my income. 
And I told the Lord, I gave this pledge, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fulfill that pledge. And God supercharged my income, gave me the 60% back plus another 25% within six months. Well, just, I've seen it, it happened. If you give to the Lord, the Lord always takes care of you. I never doubted that. We all have families in different parts of the country. And as we're working on this area around here, someone out there is also reaching out to other family members. So it's kind of like we're all working together for, you know, for the same God. It's just so exciting to be a part of what God's doing in the area. And I just love the whole concept about connecting our city with God. And I just don't think of Warren, where the church is located. I think of the whole area, like so many cities represented, you know, like we're from Sharon, the Sharon area, all these different areas, connecting them with God, it's exciting. When I put that card in, I know that it's investing in people around the city that need to know Jesus. And that was the biggest thing, you know, past, past the building, past anything that we're doing, like we're investing in the salvation of somebody in this city. And that, that got me stoked beyond like anything else that could get me, you know, excited about this campaign. He needs things to work with. And so when, when you accept the Lord, you gotta accept everything about the Lord, not certain things that you want to accept. And tithing was the toughest thing for me when I first started. It took me about four years. And once I got into it, and then I, I saw how the Lord was blessing more and more. There's blessings that come beyond comprehension. And then you also have this inner joy and happiness. One of the things I would say is that if, if somebody's there for the first time, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at in life, there's a step for you today. And if that step is just to be a first-time giver, I guarantee you there'll be nobody on the sideline cheering louder than those of us who've already experienced what it's like to be in. I am the 210 Initiative. Just think about this. If we never planted seed in that acre of ground helping my dad, there would be no harvest at harvest time. Planted seed is a future harvest. No seed, no harvest. And so all of you that are giving today, I want you to think about this, guys. Think about the harvest. Let's rejoice over the harvest. Let's thank God that there's a harvest. Gina and I are so excited for the harvest in so many ways. We're excited about the souls that will be impacted, the people connected. We're excited about our personal finances and what God will do there. We're excited about treasures that will be in heaven. So. You guys can walk up. You may want to let the song go a few minutes, then walk up. You might have to write something out. But let's walk up, and then when that's over, I'll come back up, and, and we'll close the service down. Oh, here's what I forgot to do. I forgot to do this, and I need to do it. Um, you know how we had the 100 leaders and leaders in generosity come? I forgot to tell you. Um, they already gave their pledges, and, and just with that group, guys, we hit 2470 2000 already and I think we should rejoice over that let's just give God thanks and I can tell you from experience that's incredible and if all of us do our part and we take our step up we'll hit we'll hit our six million it's but it's all about us taking a step and doing what God's called us to do so let's worship God let's come up let's bring these to the Lord and I want to pray before we do Lord I thank you for this incredible group of people we thank you that a planted seed is a future harvest and Lord, we thank you for this moment. Like David, like David's leaders, we can come and we can bring 
our, our pledge, our offering to you, Lord God. And we thank you for that in the precious name of Jesus. If you agree, say amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.